We've made it to the month of December as well. We're joined on the morning brief by Deb Hutton, former senior advisor to two premiers, now a communications advisor. Nice to have you. Good morning. Good morning, John. December 1st, the day that the elf on the shelf arrives. Ah, you do the elf on the shelf. We still do. And I had a momentary panic this morning. But mm-hmm. it's she's in the tree. So there you go. Well, okay. So you don't feel that that is unnecessarily traumatizing your kids? No, but it is a fantastic talk radio topic. I think oh, I've I done it every year when I filled in. <laughs> okay. So uh, Green Party has won a second seat, this one in uh, Kitchener. And uh, we finally determined that it's pronounced Ashland Clancy. But it was a pretty good thumping. And the NDP and the Liberals have to be wondering what's not working for them. Yeah, I'm trying to figure this one out, John. Uh, you know, by-elections can be that early barometer. We've seen it in the past, but sometimes they're just a moment in time. And what I'm trying to figure out is which this is. Honestly, I wish this by-election had been held after December 2nd, and we might have seen Bonnie Crombie run in it, and then we'd really be able to try and figure <laughs> some things out. But clearly, the government chose to have it before the liberal leadership, which we we find out about this weekend. So there's no doubt it's good news for, for uh, Mike Schreiner and the Greens, no doubt about it. However, it's also a seat that the Greens hold federally. So it's not, um, it's not as sort of earth-shattering as it might be if it were a different seat. I have to think it's really bad news for Merritt Stiles. Two to one thumping of the Green candidate over the NDP. And this was an NDP held seat. The flip side of that is, you know, the candidate walked away. Sorry, the MPP walked away after minimal amount of time because she thought, oh, childcare really is expensive and I can't afford to be in Toronto, which was the most ridiculous reason to step down that I've ever heard. I actually think it's status quo for the Liberals, John. They don't have a leader. They're in fourth place in many ways, and they were here. So I think it's status quo for the Liberals. I think it's status quo for the Conservatives. It doesn't tell them one thing uh, about where they are at all. This was not a seat they ever could have ran, and they ran a, a staff from north of Toronto in that seat. Uh, and I still, as I said, I'm trying to figure out what it means for Marit Stiles and Mike Schreiner. But I, I think on margins... Marit should be really scratching your head about this. Meanwhile, what do you make of the fact that those uh, bomb threats that were made against quite a few Ontario schools, and actually I don't think it was limited to schools, there were other places that received bomb threats, and apparently they came from somebody in Morocco. So, you know, it used to be it would be some kid making mischief from his parents' phone in the bedroom, and now we have people all over the globe causing evacuations of buildings. Yeah. And the reason this individual is in custody is because of something in Belgium. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, the best I can say, here's my analysis, John. Weird. (laughs) Like, what else can you say? Right. I have no idea. It will be interesting to watch this story, though, and see if there is something much more sinister behind it. Randall Denley writing an opinion piece, not exactly a fresh idea, but uh, new energy thrown at it. The idea that Doug Ford should uh, get rid of the LCBO and open things up. I'm perfectly happy with the LCBO. I like the product. I like the shopping experience. I like the $2.58 billion dividend that it paid to the government last year. 
Yeah, but there's also a better choice. I mean, I think about going to my favorite liquor store south of the border, Premier Liquors, and the a massive choice that is there in things like bourbon, John. Um, I think about the crazy rules and how restrictive the LCBO is for uh, restaurants and for the little wineries, now big, some of them big wineries we have down in Niagara, for even shelf space for our craft breweries. I mean, it's just... It's just such an old, outdated model, in my view, despite how lovely those expensive stores are. Although one thing that's not covered in Randall Denley's uh, column, he says, you know, independent people would, uh, owners would be able to go shopping. Yes, but the LCBO is the largest buyer of booze on the planet. So when a rep from the LCBO walks into a winery, everybody stands up. Yeah, but John, are you seeing that reflected in prices? The answer, unfortunately, should be yes, but it's not. Okay. Uh, let's see. The uh, Ontario real estate law is being updated with the option of open bidding, but I see the option is belongs to the seller. So I don't think this is going to happen very often. No, I, I don't either. I'm not the real estate expert in our household. No. So, <laughs> But by osmosis, um, yeah, I think it is. It, a choice is always good. I, I don't care what we're talking about. For me, choice is always good. This gives um, someone the option of sharing what the bids are and seeing if that will result for a seller in higher prices, seeing if that will result for a buyer in lower prices. I do know that some of the experiences in other jurisdictions where this is much more common has not actually led to lower prices in the housing market, which I think some advocates were hoping this would do. Yeah, I certainly remember my first house buying experience, which did not end in me buying a house. Uh, there were five bidders and they kept coming back at us and I was on the air. So I had to be, you know, during commercial breaks talking to my real estate agent and he would say, well, they sent the offers back. And the first time that happened, I said, well, what's the highest offer? He said, I can't tell you. We don't know. And I was absolutely stunned because I just got here from Montreal and that's an illegal practice in Montreal. Yeah, I mean, it's different in different jurisdictions is what we've done doesn't mean it's the right way. But again, I think we'll see. I mean, maybe this will become the way of the world. I'm not sure I would want to uh, do that. I will say the last house I sold, uh, bidder one was uh, $200,000 more than bidder two. Yeah. But then did you send it back? Because that's no. the thing is bitter one no, that's, that's might not. end up throwing another $25,000 on the table because they don't know that they actually already have the highest bid. But that's not ethical. So there's a, a reason to have a real estate agent that you actually trust and believe is ethical. Althea Raj writes an interesting uh, piece today. And setting aside, because I really don't want to get into the debate about this idea that a uh, minister was asked a question in English and answered in French. I mean, we have two national languages in Parliament. We go back and forth with them at all times. But what Althea is writing about is the whole uproar on this committee was designed, and they even admitted it to capture video that then they can share on social media. And I saw this starting in the U.S. a long time ago because committees always have, you know, you see the question, you never see the answer. And in Canada now, increasingly, you know, people ask this really fierce question in the House of Commons, and then they just post them asking the question on their website. Yeah, so I wrote questions in opposition for four years 
uh, under Mike Harris before he became premier. And my entire job was at the time, because social media was not as prevalent as it is today by any stretch, my entire job was to find that clippable line that we hoped John Moore would play on radio or CTV News would play at six o'clock. That was my entire job. This hasn't changed. It's just that our vehicles for getting it out there have changed. And the fact that you can, as you say, control what you put up, but it really isn't that different. And, and you've heard me say this before. I don't think decorum is any worse in our political arenas. It's just that we have many, many more ways to see it. Although you mentioned, you know, you used to design it so it would be run on, on our show, for example. And I tend to run the question and the answer. And quite often the answer diffuses the question or somebody comes back with a barb and it's pretty exciting. But what Althea is getting at, I think, is these days you just want your moment and you put that on TikTok and everybody keeps moving. Yeah. And, and so you are playing to your crowd uh, on social media. There's there's no doubt about it. But again, I, I don't think the the questions and the answers are any different. And I think ultimately, I don't I don't follow this woman. She's a conservative MP. She's known for being a bit bombastic and over the top. I would never follow her. And there are a lot of Canadians that A, wouldn't follow her and B, don't even know her name. Thanks a lot for this. You have a great weekend. You too, John. And happy elf. Uh, Deb Hutton on the morning brief.